Okay, here we go. It's bright. It's bright at the fork. There you go. I'm going to start over. (laughs) This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. That's Zupan's. It's the perfect Father's Day opportunity for you. Sloan and Quinn, if you're listening for court, over here for dad court. They have everything you need to craft the perfect meal. Make make your dad a great meal with dry-aged Snake River Farms Wagyu Delmonico. That's 21 days, by mm, the way. Nice. Uh, for the for seafood, they have lobster tail grillers and Copper River salmon. I just had one of those lobster tails recently with scallops, with yeah. those big scallops. They're fantastic. When it comes to grilling on the weekends, Zupan's is my is my destination. I go there, and th- there's already somebody, always somebody in the butcher block that can just help me figure out what I want to do. And it's- I've just been using my Finex a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, visited the Poke Bar at Zupan's, or maybe if you have, but it's been a while, you need to go back because they've got new recipes there. Uh, shoyu ahi poke, teriyaki salmon poke. I could go on and on an octopus poke. And vegan options, too. Yeah. Pineapple and shiso and beet and macadamia nut poke. Yeah, so uh, make sure that uh, a visit to the poke bar is on your list of things to do as Zupans. And the other thing you need to do is go to the news feed, capital Z instead of S. Sign up at Zupans.com for their special offers. They have a sneak peek for listeners. Next up, uh, 25% off all burger patties, June mm. 14th to 16th. It's a great weekend also to try the new signature burger patty created with ground brisket, short rib, and chuck. Oh, my God. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. I got to go do that. And also they have other burger patties, blue cheese and bacon, Wagyu burger, triple cheese, and grass-fed beef. And we should remind people that they've got the uh, burgers in the breezeway on Thursday nights at, uh, at Lake Oswego, Fridays, McAdam. You can go to zoopans.com and get all the details. Those, those, well, those, yes, those are... Uh, Incredible burgers. Yeah, every Thursday and Friday through the summer. So, three locations, Lake Oswego, McAdam, and Burnside, and always wear, Chris? Zoopants.com. Here we go. It's right at the Fork Portland's Food Scene Podcast with your hosts, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson from Kink.fm. Sure. Over there wearing the Portland hat. The yeah. P with the Oregon State uh, in the center of the P. Yep. Trademarked or registered. Yeah. yeah someone did. They seem like they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a bunch of, uh, well, I shouldn't say a bunch. It's mainly one guy and then a bunch of buddies. Um, they've done good for themselves. So what's it called? Portland. Portland gear. Portland Gear. Yeah. Shout out to Portland Gear. Yep. Maybe they'll send me a hat. Now. There you go. I don't think so. That's not why I did it. I'm not, I'm no. not searching no, no, for no. free stuff. I just, I went and update. I had one hat and I wore the heck out of it. Started started to see the sweat stains a little bit in it. And you're like, mm. all right, I got to switch it out. So I So let me out. ask you if you've done this. This weekend, I walked into my closet in Portland, which mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of my clothes in it. And sure. I said, you know what? I have too many shirts. Mm-hmm. I've been. I have too many shirts. I just don't need this. These shirts. Yeah, this many. And then I realized, well, that's not your only problem. You got shoes. You got too many shoes and um, hats. Mm-hmm. I don't need any more hats. Yeah. So I've been wearing more and more hats. Them. Yeah. Well, you know, my hair. I have to have them for sure. the sun. Oh yeah, yeah. Because then I just get burned. But I have a few that I really like, and but I have so many, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I try to so, rotate. 
I've got a good rotation. Yeah, now going you have on. A, you have a you might be rivaling me in hats. Now, I, in I, terms like said, of I numbers of hats, added a few more in. Yeah, and you have some good ones. So thank you. Maybe we should have an exchange. There we go. Hat exchange. Hat exchange. I did. You know, a few years back, I went and met this guy. I was helping my uh, father-in-law clean out his great uncle's house. This is a lot of details you don't need to know. <laughs> but the neighbors came in and helped. This is just outside of St. Louis. And we'd had a big hat exchange because we all had hats and they're like, let's switch hats. So nice. we switch hats. Look okay. it. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> listeners, whoever's listening, <laughs> indulge us. Yeah, please. But uh, because we have a really sweet episode coming up here for you. We do. With Keir Jensen. Can we take care of one more p- uh, p- uh, piece of business here? Sure. Uh, you can now listen to Right at the Fork podcast on the radio.com app, which is another app that you can download to source podcasts. So you've got you've got so many options. You've got Stitcher, you've got Spotify, you've got iHeartRadio, their app, we're on that. You've got radio.com now. And then, of course, you just go to the traditional uh, Apple podcasts or Android podcasts. Yeah, but Tune I, in radio. I, tune in. I got one that I've been listening to, CastBox. Ca- okay. And see, and that's one we didn't even do anything and they put us on there. So. Right. So, uh, and then there's, you can just also just uh, go to our website, right at the fork.com. And yep. there's a, sur- the cool thing about the site mm-hmm. is there's a search uh, function. So you can put Makes in. Makes it a little easier to find the episodes you're searching for. Exactly. Yeah. You put in, just put in anybody's last name and it'll come up. And there are a lot of them. Six years worth of, uh, five yep. and a half years yep. of them. We're coming up on exactly five and a oh, half yeah. years. And if you feel so inclined, uh, you can rate us. You can give us stars. We prefer five. Yeah. Uh, but any any bit of that helps us out. And if you ever want to uh, chat with us, you can find us on Instagram at Food Podcast PDX. Sure. Or or Court Johnson to yeah. talk to you to see what kind of hats you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And then Portland Food ADV on Instagram yeah. for me personally. Yep. We haven't. We have to do a better job on our Instagram. Probably. Reminding people what's going on. Yeah, it's yeah. like once in a while you get motivated oh, and yeah. you do some stuff, and then and once in a while I get motivated. Yep. And then Gary the foodie, when he was on the podcast, he ran it for a while. Oh, yeah. So you and I yeah, he did. step back. So, geez, actually, if anybody is interested in helping us with our Instagram and wants to, you know, they're welcome to sure. contact us. We're not going to pay anything. But, right, no. Um, but, you know, we have a couple of trade things we can, we can give you a, yeah. a few gift certificates here and there. Yeah. Anyway, that's... That, that we took care of that business. There we go. Business the, is done. The important business is mm-hmm. the reason people are actually tuning into this. And they could have they could have been forwarding, waiting to hear. Not yet, not yet. But um, we're still talking about hats. <laughs> yeah. But Kira Jensen, um, it's great to have her on the podcast. Uh, as you, as anyone who listens will find out, she's made a lot of changes in her life mm-hmm. over. Time from Chicago when she worked at a you know in a fine dining restaurant here to Portland through quite a number of restaurants to having her food cart, her restaurant, uh, and then cooking for someone else, and now running off and getting engaged and back, and now she is uh, she has cooking classes yeah at Court Weir. You have the it is called Cook Shop. Cook shop. Cook shop is on uh, Southeast Clinton. Right. And you can go to portlandcookshop.com and it will list out all the different events, including the one that she uh, really wanted to talk about and she gets into a little bit in this episode. June 22nd, all about strawberries. Strawberries. Yeah. I've been all about strawberries the last few days. Oh, it's tis, tis the season. And also, she happens to be um, 
doing a plate and pitchfork dinner, which if you've never done that and, and you're new to Oregon, you have to do a plate and pitchfork dinner because it's the summertime and you get to go out to a farm, mm-hmm. eat with like-minded people who like food and like wine. And uh, she's got one with Gregory Gorday and Timothy Wastel, formerly of Old Salt Marketplace. Oh, yeah. And also, I met him at DOC. Mm-hmm. He's really talented. But that's Kier, who's the dessert queen. Right. And Gregory, who's fantastic. That's a fantastic dinner. Mm-hmm. So that's August 4th. You can sign up for that at platonpitchfork.com. I think that's the website. But just look up that sounds right. Plate and Pitchfork. Well, because there, she's like pitchforks on right. Instagram. So right. just making sure. But um, but that would be a cool place. And I'm sure if you went to that dinner, you could go say hi to Kira and tell her you heard her on Right at the Fork. There you go. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astrid Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia Romagna. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. No, we don't tweak a lot. We just... We (laughs) just roll. We just roll and... uh, No, we do very minimal editing. Unless we say something really, really stupid. Okay, so the key is we can't say amazing. Yeah, well, you just said it. Well, we're not on yet. Yeah, we are. We're rolling, right? Oh, yeah. well, yeah, you're shit, on. Shit balls. Yeah. Well, it's all right because you know what? We set that a couple. You set of, me up, man. Yeah, I set you. Well, I didn't. You just said the key is, but uh, we set that amazing thing up, what, four years ago? And unless we explain it to listeners every time, right. they don't really know. But um, but the reason we did that is because some people were using the word amazing 24 times yeah. an episode, and it stops meaning something after a while. Yeah. So we thought it was a good idea just to tell people, please try to avoid that word and get them thinking about Then you end up with incredible and all the, you stupendous. know, stupendous, but at least everything isn't amazing. And then I thought, well, that's, it's kind of a cool marketing thing. If, if we make a thing of it on the podcast and all our zillions of listeners, if every time they hear the word amazing, they think of right at the fork. I thought that was kind of a good idea yeah, too. That's great. 
So now that Promise we promise, bo- I now, won't, I won't, I shall not repeat. Yes, the now A that word. we've both done it, but so people do violate it on the podcast, <laughs> and I don't stop it anymore. We used to stop it. We originally had this fun idea that we were going to do like a Groucho Marx thing. When you said it the third time, we just stopped the podcast. What about pie in the face? Well, no one else would do that, but you. Oh, have a pie in the yeah, face. Yeah, pie would, in the face. Of course, you would think of that. Why not? We'd have to have a pie here all the time, and you see that sign. No food or drink. I see your coffee right there. This is this is water. Whatever. Does that court does Liquid. water count? Technically, uh, it is banned, but you do have the approved top that you have to you have to push the button. Right, and it's locked. Yeah, but that does not mean that I haven't nailed your board nope. before. Nope. That's true. <laughs> so I have nailed the board. But anyway, great idea. We'll have pies here all the time. Will you bake them for us? Sure. They're too, but it's a shame to waste those great pies that you bake. Any old pie would be one thing, but. You just like do like a whipped cream pie. Like n- not really any filling, just like whipped cream. All right. But it's a podcast. Easy. It's not as funny. To, oh, that's the visual thing. I, I just like know. the buzzer. I could just, I could just put in sound effects in post. Right. I think sound effects would be awesome. Yeah, so you you pretend like you got a pie in the face, and then I'll put in the right. <laughs> I just like the the vision, the audio buzzer, and then it's sure. over with. I thought that was a really good idea. The podcast ends here. Usually, someone doesn't do, might not do that until the forty fifth minute. Anyway, so all right. So that enough being said about that, we've got some fun things to talk about. You've got uh, um, a recent engagement. Yes, you've got engagements in a few things. You've got some cooking. You got some cooking class engagements, but you've got a life engagement that I just have happened. A life, yeah. Which would you rather open with? Lock, because you, I'll, let, I'll let you do the calculation as to if you want to promote your cooking classes right up front, or you want to talk. Which which would I you? I mean, it's they're all both of them are great things. So. Well, let's talk about your recent recent engagement because I know nothing about this other sure. than I saw it on Facebook. You went to. <laughs> You yeah, went. Did Facebook. you? You went somewhere. Um, we went to Hawaii. Hawaii, right? You were yes. somewhere warm. That's what I was going to say. Yes. And uh, what did you know? This was coming. Was this? Uh, um. Yeah, I had a. I mean, I, I. I had a feeling it was. It was down the pike. Oh, but not necessarily on this trip. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't want to put too much like stress upon that. I'm just sort mm-hmm. of, you know. But you wanted it to happen. Sure. And I so mean, how long have course. you been with this gentleman and what's... Uh, his is, name is Lonnie. Lonnie. Okay. Um, I've been with Lonnie for a little bit over two years. Uh-huh. But he's the one. He's the one. Yeah. I know that for sure. I'm not going to throw my cynical mar- marriage marital views on someone who's just... Don't do it. ...engaged, but I'm... I, I, Don't do it. The one is great. To think there's a one is fantastic. He's... But he's, everybody thinks that when they get engaged and married. You know what? I've kissed enough frogs and done enough dating uh to know what is right right and i've been looking for this person so is this your first marriage yeah yeah good yeah that's fantastic so so i didn't settle i waited no i wanted to find i get that the right human well it's and it's smart that's particularly smart for someone who hasn't been married before because usually you're burned once and then you learn Sure, so, and that's not that's not bad either, though, because I think no people who ha- they have a different perspective, um, right. having people gone change. through it and changing and yeah. learning how to be committed in a relationship. Um, I think uh, for me, I kind of was married to my business and sort of pushing that through my thirties, and so I've sort of decided that my forties is all about 
personal development. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I found my forties. For, I love my forties. Yeah, you fantastic. don't give a shit. You're just like I know who I, you should know. Mm, no, that was more like sixties for me. Oh, that's great. Just happened. So. I think that I've noticed for me personally, um, going into my late thirties and heading into my forties, that uh, I'm more secure with who I am as a person and what I want, where I'm going, you know, and I happen to find somebody who was on the same path. So does that make you um, less stressed? Are you less stressed now that you're more secure? What does the security do for you? Um, as opposed to 10 years ago when you had, I don't remember when you opened the shop in Alberta. How long ago was well, that? Well, I started as a cart right. downtown. Well, that I know. So, I was yeah. trying to go backwards. So that yeah. that's stressful in and of itself. Yeah, I no had no what, idea what I was doing. Doe-eyed uh, and bushy-tailed and excited well, yeah, about trying so, something. You had a lot of experience. You'd been in a lot of restaurants. A lot yeah, of, I've got about 20 years of, of baking experience. Right. Um, I, I knew that when I started my business, I just wanted uh, my own creative autonomy. And so I didn't have a lot of money. And so the food cart was an easy option to get started. And but I it's kinda, internet to be easy. So there's no. A it's definitely it's difficult. I mean, any business. There's but, a big difference between baking experience and sure. then running a business. Of course, you stop. And trying to do it the in baking, a metal box is insane. Right, right. <laughs> I have a lot of respect baking, for anybody who especially does it. Baking. I yeah, I would be rolling dough out in 95 degree weather. Right, it's crazy. Exa- and you only have you can only have so large an oven. To yeah, bake. I had my I had a countertop uh, electric convection oven. It was great, though. You know, I learned so much from it, though. And uh, I built my customer base because I was working the window. So I got to talk directly to my customers. I got to encourage them to try different things. I got to plate the desserts. I got the plates back afterwards. I got feedback. And I have uh, friends to this day that I made from when I first started my cart. And followers that still follow me take my classes. So I've got nothing but positive to say about that crazy whirlwind experience. Yeah, you have to you have to look at it as everything's a learning experience. But yeah, grateful. You, at Humbled. the time, you may not be thinking that because there are challenges every day. Oh, you're you're like in it. The challenges uh, downtown too are are unique, just because there's uh, lots of factors going on um, downtown, and with there's with the homeless population and. Well, especially uh, now, yeah. it wasn't as... Pro- oh, no. Are you kidding me? Like, every day, this was my... This is what went through my head every day when I pulled up to my cart was, please let there not be a giant pile of shit in front of my food cart. Back then, huh? Yes. I thought this was kind of a new... Let's call it a phenomenon. No. I mean, I when I got the cart, there was, like, so many hypodermic needles... And clothes that were stuffed underneath my cart when we were cleaning everything out. Yeah. And a bucket of shit. And that's not something <laughs> when you Sorry, went, when but... you decided you wanted to be a baker and you went to culinary school. Yeah. This is not some this is not the class they had. Well, no, I don't think anybody who starts a business, there's really no way to prepare you until you just get in it. And you of course have an idea of what you think it's going to be, and it's always different, and that's okay. I mean, that's part of the learning process. So, I mean, any I feel like uh, someone said something to me one time, and it was like, uh, being a business owner is like getting punched in the face every day. And it, in in some respect, it is. Mm-hmm. For, 
for good or bad. I think I think a food industry business, especially owner, food uh, industry, yeah. is so hard. Chad, do you know Chad Drazen? You yeah. know Chad. Yeah, he's 50, great. Fifty licks, he's great. He just posted something. I should I should pull it up and actually maybe read it. But he posted something about opening a you know if you want to open a food business, basically. It's not what you think it's going to be and plan that everything costs twice as much yeah. and it's going to take twice as long to do everything. Sure. And uh, it stops becoming glamorous after a while. It becomes a, 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 you know, you're not doing the glamorous thing you started out to do. That's you're not doing, your focus. Well, and I mean, I think that happens to every business owner and some business owners have figured out a way to make things work. They've got an amazing team. They've had enough time and experience to know how to separate themselves and where they're most valued um, and they don't do the mundane bullshit anymore. I don't know. Some people, maybe they do appreciate the mundane bullshit. I mean, I wasn't baking as like when I got into my brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. that's when things changed more for me because I had more employees, more responsibility, everything. So, but I was busy doing like the cash and carry runs Um. And I wasn't in the kitchen as much. And I really missed that because I missed that creativity. So fast forwarding, I think the classes are really wonderful in that respect because I get to be creative again. Oh, that's great. And, yeah. th- and it's probably rewarding to teach people some great things and yes. make some delicious things. It's, so is that why you closed down Sugar Cube? Yeah, you know what? I just got to a place where... Um, it, it wasn't working for me anymore. And that's just a really personal decision for anybody. I have a lot of respect for people who continue to trudge on and make things work. I also have a ton of respect for people who decide to stop and to change. And, you know, maybe they evolve into something different. Um, it was a really hard decision to make because I think you're, who you are, you're known in the community, your ego is tied up in that. I went through a lot of like, what am I going to do next? What are people going to think of me? How and, long did you mull it over? Oh, at least at least six months. And then did you have some uh, friends, colleagues who helped you make that decision? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, of course you talk to your friends, and I have a lot of friends that are in the industry. Uh, I mean, ultimately it's a personal decision that I had to make. Nobody can make that choice for me. Um, and I just knew that I was done for me. Did you have your next, I don't know exactly the chronology of everything, but you went to Sweetie D. Was that right after? Uh, no, um, that was not directly after, uh, closing up, uh, the shop, but yeah, I did work at Sweetie D, which I love. It's just a few blocks from my house. Mm -hmm. So I go there often. Uh, Oh, you're not there any longer. No, 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 no. So I haven't been, I'm, I, at this point, I think for me personally, I'm, I'm more interested in teaching classes and setting up my own schedule and having flexibility. And that was something I just didn't have as a business owner. For me, I just, uh, I've thought about that word a lot. Flexibility. What does that mean? Uh, also just to be like sustainable, you know, have a balance in my life. And the scale well, was now really you have tipped. To, now that you have a, a, an <laughs> impending marriage. When is the marriage? Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to plan for next summer. That's a, that's yeah. a good, good amount of planning. Where are you yeah. going to do it? Um, I think we're going to do it in Joseph. 
Oh, that's a fantastic spot. We love spot. going out there. Yeah. yeah. And so hopefully we're going to figure something out with the Jennings Hotel, which we love so much. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. Good. Good for you. Well, yeah. so, sorry to swing back there and then back to business. Um, so let's talk about the cooking school so that people know where they can find it and what you're doing, what you really love doing. I saw you have a strawberry Yes, I have a strawberry And I've been picking yes. up hoods the last few days. and I saw your posts. Yeah, they're I, delicious. The hoods are great. Yeah. they're fan- So are there other better strawberries? Um, I love the missing? hoods. I love the, sh- actually, I really love Shuxons. Yeah, that's what they had. But so they had them at the Howler's mini, ban- mini barn yesterday. Yeah. When I came back. The Shuxons. Yeah. And, and I went with the hoods. I thought they were a little sweeter. Yeah, they're both, I think, really sweet and super jammy. So that's kind of. I, li- I enjoy those. And then where do the Tillamooks come into th- that? Where are those? Oh, I don't know the exact. Okay. I'm just curious because that's what, that's what I've been seeing around it. I know there's like seascapes, early glows right now. Um, so how would you, as someone um, who's a professional, describe, <laughs> well, talk about our strawberries. For those uninitiated outside of Oregon who think they know strawberries or have had strawberries, how would you describe what we have here at, for a very I mean, short it's period like, of time. It's not even like everything we have. We're right, so spoiled. Right, but the strawberries are particularly They're just really awesome. intense. They're smaller. Um, they're super juicy, sweet, and jammy. They just have a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, not like the Midwest strawberries that I grew, with, grew up with. Although you can get good strawberries in the Midwest, you know, or East Coast. Um yeah, but they're not they're not quite they're not the as same. special. So, no, I okay. feel like it's the the terroir, it's the soil. Right. It's where we are. Um that's obviously makes that's our what fruit and produce. a lot of people like you out here because it was yeah. such an incredible And place. I mean, I came from Chicago where it's like, you know, a produce uh wasn't spectacular. There are great farmers markets now, but I mean, growing up, we didn't go to the farmers market. And now I'm all about it. I just feel spoiled. Yeah. Do you miss Chicago? I love Chicago. It's a great city. Good people, good food, amazing architecture. There's uh, so much fun energy there. But as far as living goes, um, where I am in my life, I'm not interested in going back to a giant city. If anything, I think we hope to find a little plot of land. Yeah, I mean, Joseph is fantastic. Um find some land and maybe build something one day. Portland's great though too. You know, I feel like you. Yeah. Well, you can build something within uh, striking distance of Portland yes. too. You don't have to have go far Portland. to be somewhere yeah, beautiful. I, you're not asking for my suggestion, but if you, if you go to Joseph, it's a great spot, but you're out there. Oh, you know? you're, you're way out there. Yeah, You're way out there. I kind of like, you know, I've, I'm close to Portland and I am not here all the time, but I'm here enough to enjoy it. And, right. and if I didn't have, the ability to get here pretty quickly, it would be, I, I wouldn't be happy. I'd like to have some, I like the, the big city a little bit. And this is a bigger city than it was. Yes. Joseph is, um, I mean, for summer, spring, summer, fall, it's incredible out there. Winter's a little bit more challenging. For yeah. Sure. And it might be a little tough for you to fill cooking classes out there if that's what you continue to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we were, we we're kind of laughing and uh, saying if we could have, you know, a house out in Joseph, maybe like a cabin or something that would be to escape to. Yeah, sure. Um, but I don't know if I 
at this point doing it full time. Yeah. Maybe no. one day. Yeah. Plus, the, well, you get your, your Chicago winters back. Yeah, no, thank that. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what you want to do. So talk a little bit about the cooking classes and how they came about and where they are and what people might expect. So my uh, friend Meredith Mortensen started a cook shop, I think, just about a year ago. Um, I've known her in the industry for a long time. Uh, awesome pastry chef. Oh, I said the word. Sorry. No, you said awesome. Beep, beep. You said awesome. I'll just oh, that's point right. out that you, you said the other one a while the ago. The other A word. But I didn't, I didn't point it out. I let it go. So right. don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Oh, wow. This, the, the pressure. So Meredith <laughs> started the school um, and I got in touch with her through another friend. Um, and we just started talking about doing some baking classes. And so I've just found this great little home um, for myself to teach these classes. And, and how often are they? Um, it just depends. Uh, this last month, there hasn't been as many, but generally I like to do two to three a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have repeat people who want yes, you have different things every time. It's not the same. Yeah. Different class. things, different things. Um, but I have definitely had some repeat students, which is always wonderful to see. Um, I've had people from the industry in the class, which I'm like, why are you here? You know what you're doing. But that's always um, an honor. That's a testament to you. Yeah, I really, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then new faces, which is always fantastic as well. Um, and they're they're good. I'm learning so much, honestly. Um, I th I've wanted to teach classes for a long time, and for whatever reason, I was just like terrified to do it. Well, and it requires an infrastructure. You can't. Well, actually, from Sugar Cube, it probably would have been easy fairly easy for you to start a class if you had the yeah space. and i think this the, yeah, the space is so great it's super cozy it's right next to barnum on on um southeast clinton 27th and clinton okay um it's it's a super cute cozy spot um usually my class size is anywhere from like eight to twelve uh, so they're intimate um and it's it's a mix of instruction a bit of hands-on demo and um, and also just like keeping it lax, like drinking wine and talking and, you know. <laughs> Does uh, one walk out of there with a bit to take home to their family? Oh, yeah. they Everybody gets to try um, desserts at the end of the class. So I always have what I call my heroes already mm -hmm. made so people can try everything. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, yes, they take things home, extra dough, or if they made dough, or um, for instance, our pie classes, everybody uh, gets dough, rolls out dough, and takes their own glass Pyrex with a fluted pie shell that they made home so they can bake pies at home. Mm -hmm. um, and then also they get uh, a recipe book that I've written, and um, my fella... Um, designs them and puts them together for me. So yeah, oh, they nice. get yeah. So they get they yeah has all the tips and what to do, what not to do, all the recipes. Um, so yeah, and I feel like the students are enthusiastic about everything. They're super stoked by the end of the class. They've learned something new. They've had some laughs, met some new people, feeling and, inspired. And what have you learned by being a from being a teacher? Well, you know it's. Um, for people who cook, who are creative, just just like with cooking in general, 
Um, I think it's an intuitive thing for a lot of people. It's just natural. I know where to tweak things or a little pinch of this or pinch of that or where to edit. And for the home cook, a lot of them don't know how to do that. Um, just for an example, I think when I wrote my cookbook, I think anybody who's written a cookbook has gone through this process where you have to really think about what you want to convey to your audience and convey it in a way that they can understand it. Um, and I've actually read a lot of uh, cookbooks where the recipes are super vague and I'm like, they're not going to understand that at home. These people are taking their time and their money and their willingness to try something new. And if it fails, they're going to just file that book away and give up. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there is a bit of pressure. Um, I think at first I feel way more comfortable now having had some experience with the classes, but um, very much is important to me that they feel like they're getting what they want from the class. They're learning something new. They feel inspired, you know, so that they will go home and try and be successful. Let's pause briefly here, Chris, talk about our favorite place to eat in town, Ringside Steakhouse. Where, as a matter of fact, I just had the opportunity to go last night for a little Sunday night dinner. Mm. Um, so you went there for Easter? Well, I had I went with my girlfriend to a wonderful Easter lunch at her daughter's. Okay. So, uh, but then I was a little hungry. That was right. So that was an early wh- lunch. Why not cap off last Easter? Night I'm with- sitting at home, and I thought, man, soup, uh, ringside. Some of the uh, the onion soup. I had a Jones for their onion soup. Yeah. Which is awesome, and it smelled so good. It was worth just going there for the smell, even if I couldn't eat it. Yep. Just to smell it, it was great. And um, so I had that and a Caesar salad, which is great, which is a nice light meal. No meat at ringside last night. Right. But uh, but I did have the opportunity. Um, I met a server I have never met there before, Angelica. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful woman who I asked her recommendations on the menu because, you know, we've asked Craig, the owner, what he suggests. Right. But now it's good to hear what she liked. Mm-hmm. And so... She, of course, said the bone-in ribeye, which right. is the first thing that came to mind for her, and that we both love. Yep. We've ordered that before. But something I've never had there, the fried shrimp. She said it's just the best I've fried had that. shrimp. You, yeah. Oh, I've had that. I, I get. I In fact, I add that on almost every single time I'm there. Oh. It's I so not, good. I haven't had it yet. Yeah. So now, but speaking, it's also on the happy hour menu. Yeah. So um, I love happy hour. You can get the shrimp cocktail I think it's five seventy-five, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and they're big. And you can also get the fried shrimp for the same, same thing. Oh man! At happy hour now, ringside happy hour is after nine o'clock or earlier in the day on Sundays. Yep. Don't forget they've got the three course supper special every single night, and on Mondays prime time prime rib, three course prime rib dinner for just thirty-five bucks. Thirty-five while bucks. Left. That's ringside steakhouse oh, we're yeah. talking about. It's, that is not. Yeah. That's not the buffet spot down nope. the street. That's nope. ringside. Prime rib, three courses. So um, that and try the fried shrimp next time you go as well. I'm going to do that. Maybe we'll see each other there. As you should. Set up a reservation. You can do that at ringsidesteakhouse.com. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now. Both in their, uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances they really upgraded everything they have two lines rise and noir 
for you to check out at Standard TV and Appliance. Tell us a little bit about them, Court. Well, both of these lines connect to Wi-Fi so that you can use them using your Amazon Alexa or maybe you've got a Google-assisted enabled device like a Google Home. Connect and control appliances remotely. Like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home, you can do that. Get real-time notifications. You can contact Gen Air call center through them. And get this, get a recipe from Yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent and not, not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. you got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, mm-hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the, on the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm-hmm. To me, it's interesting that you say that, um, you know, as a professional, you know where to tweak and you can add a little of this. But baking is pretty precise. I mean, I'm not, I'm not much of a cook, of but are. what I know about it is, uh, yeah, if you change something, that's really going to make a big difference. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, a classic example would be like if you took all the leavening out. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it or, or kills some of it, even just a little, a little bit. It's just right. like it kills me when people uh, like I tried your recipe. It didn't work out. I subbed out the butter for some non-fat bullshit. I took out the eggs. I put skim milk in, you know, and I put gluten-free flour. I don't know, whatever. And you're like, of course it didn't fucking work. You didn't follow the recipe, Mm -hmm. you know? And these recipes that I put together, I put a lot of thought into them. They're tried and true recipes. They're recipes I've done for years and years. So I know that they work. Mm -hmm. Um, how many how many pies do you think you've baked in your life? <laughs> I don't know. Can you even a put it? Can you? Is it? Would it be in the tens of thousands? No. Wouldn't be that high. <laughs> well, no, it might be. <laughs> no, I don't think that it's been in the tens of thousands. Okay, I, I figured it's definitely it's over been a thousand. A, probably in like yeah. twenty years of of yeah. baking. Yeah. No, when you so I used to do that with dating. So I had many years of dating, and I'd say, <laughs> yeah. "How many dates have I been on?" And, and you just like, do, you start doing simple math and go, "Okay, if I've been if on, you've done an average, right, yeah. X number, and then you multiply that yeah. times twelve years, you get a big number." So yeah, same thing with pies, I would yeah. think, or, or cakes, or right that sort of thing. So you bring up a how do you uh, how do you respond to um, a lot of gluten free requests? Uh, you know, people who want to. Bake that way? Is hey, it- that's fine. I mean, people, some people actually medically, they need, they can't eat gluten. It really does affect them. Right. I think that's a small uh, percentage of people that what truly per- have that. What percentage of people I have who no ask idea. about being gluten-free because there's those who just right. choose to be and those who... Sure. And that's fine. That's their own jam. Right. You know, but, but it's just as an example at the shop, uh, people would come in and they would either ask for something gluten-free or something vegan. And I just said, you know, hey, that's not what we specialize in. Mm, okay. We're like all butter, eggs, fat, love. Like that's where we're at. But hey, there's this really wonderful shop down the street. Go mm-hmm. check them out. They they know what they're doing and they actually do a fantastic job doing it. 
That's so right. I so you're not trying to be it. everything to everybody. No, you can't be. And I mean, well, I feel people like try and it gets frustrating. Yeah, but you know what? Everybody, I think you also realize you realize that like having a business, um, you know, you have your ideas of what you think you want to do, but your audience is also going to tell you, kind of steer you a little bit of where what people are all about and what they're not. And sometimes you think, man, this is gonna you're gonna kill it with this, and it, it falls flat. And you're like, I don't understand. It's just there's an mm, ebb and flow, it's like and being you have a comedian, to comedian, right? Comedians have to get up and try. Yeah, I mean, you just have to be flexible. And I think be, being a business owner is all about being flexible and in every way because it's hard. It's just really hard. So have you ever? This is, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. And we can just back up if we want. And um, have you had much gluten, many gluten-free baked goods that you would say, oh, I think that's delicious? Or do you think it's a compromise? No, I've actually had a few things that are delicious. Um, I generally don't lean towards gluten-free pastries. If I'm, if I'm going to have a pastry, I like, I want a pastry. Right. But so has all the I guess what I was it. getting at when you, when you were telling people go down to that bakery, they do it really well. Did you in your mind think, well, you'd enjoy this a lot more if you weren't gluten free? No, I or, just like, you have to let that shit go. Like, I'm not offended. I'm oh, not I, didn't offend- mean, I, I didn't mean that, but I just meant yeah. in, your, in your mind, were you thinking it's too bad because they would really like this, but they can't have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the people who came in, and this is no disrespect to vegans, because there's that there's a lot of amazing vegan desserts that I have tried. Um, I think it was what was frustrating for me was like when someone would come in and <laughs> saunter in, and um, looking slightly gray in the face and saying to me, sort of like, do you have anything vegan? And and when I would say, no, I'm sorry, we don't, but you, you know, go down the street. And they would respond, well, you know, you really, you really should. should. Yeah. You know, like, and I was like, I don't have to fucking do anything. I do what I want to do. And was there's that a what great- you said to yourself or to the I did person? not say that, of course. <laughs> I mean, there is an etiquette that you have, but- Well, there um, are certain people out there that we, some of whom no. we know who would actually say that. I wanted to say, you know what you need is a fucking B12 shot and a steak right now, but <laughs> I can't say that either. Well, you, you know? can say it and, here. That's the nice thing about this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, You can so. say it to a lot of people in say one it, shot. Yeah, and I'm sure I might get some shit for that, but you know what? It's fine. Like, there are some really great vegan bakeries that do beautiful desserts in this town. And I'm always happy to point people in the direction of that. That's totally fine. But don't tell me what I need to do or not to do. Yeah, don't you love the business suggestions? What you ought to do? Yeah, what you ought to do. Here's yeah, I mean, but everybody's got that. And yeah. that's like, you also learn how to edit that too. At first, I think when you start a business, you're like, I'm just going to absorb everything and I'm just going to do everything. And as you, <laughs> as you grow with your business, uh, hopefully, you learn when to edit and you say, yeah, you know what? There's something very powerful in the word no. Mm. And you start saying no. And that's okay. I think that, uh, you know, having dealt with a lot of people in the food industry, I think there are more people are learning no now because so many requests are coming. Yeah. It's just not, well, and it's also a lot of it is uh, not sustainable. I mean, just even no in the, like, you need to find some balance, which I'm, I think we are finally starting to see a little bit more of of chefs taking care of themselves, taking care of their employees, realizing the value um, and having a really sustainable work environment, you know, which is not 
easy in our industry. Well, it's it, it, what's interesting is the irony is that it probably was easier to accomplish 10, 15 years ago than it is now, but people are waking up and the folks in the industry, at least in Portland or everywhere, but they're getting older and more mature and so they're getting more business mature. Yes. But on the other hand, we're in this environment where the margins are really slim and it's things brutal. are challenging. So it's yeah. it's really hard to actually make something sustainable and positive and take care of employees. It's not that easy. You see things no. like wellness charges and so sure. forth and people accept those in different ways and everybody makes mistakes along the way and you learn from that hopefully um but i think having a sustainable work environment is super important and also by investing in your employees they're going to invest in you and they're going to stick around although our industry is just notorious for just being super transient i mean people you're lucky if you get people to stick around for a year and then they want to move on to the next thing, probably because they also want to learn different things. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of chefs in town that are like, I can't find solid work. Like, I can't find solid employees to stick around. If the margins were a little better, if business was sure. easier, they would probably be able to do that. But they're just they're skating a thin line between survival and taking care of people and themselves too. well even starting a business like five years ago versus like now right i mean just like what the landlords are asking so it's like i feel like there's so many business owners that are starting especially restaurants they're starting with like hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt on their back it's like you're it's like you're starting a marathon with 500 pounds on your back mm-hmm. it's really hard to, to get out of that right um, and the um the paradox is getting the money, you know, to those that will be able to get investment dollars to right. start a business have probably already succeeded. So it's that it's that old, you know, the, the, the people who need it the least yeah. are getting it. And the people who really need it, it's very tough to find that kind of money. You could open a food cart before and move it along and then get to own your own brick and mortar. That's yeah, I mean, tougher, I took out a loan. That's harder and harder because that food cart area isn't even there any longer no i know r.i.p um so many good like so many good carts like so much food came out of there that was amazing so um, you were starting to say you took out a loan oh i when i first started my cart i took out a small loan through mercy Corps, and they're great they're super supportive um they're pro women like pro minority they want to support um people and starting their own endeavors so i took out a tiny chunk of money and then i had some money um set aside that i was able to use but i didn't want to spend a lot of money because i didn't know if it would work and i figured well if this bombs i'm like thirty thousand in the hole twenty thousand in the hole versus two hundred fifty thousand in the hole that's a little bit harder no to hole recover. There's no good to be in. No, none of it is great to be in. $30,000 hole sucks. No, it still too. sucks for sure. But I mean, I can't even wrap my head around yeah, that's tough. what people are taking out and that that stress on their shoulders, just that. And then trying to face the day with everything else. I have a lot of respect for that. I just got to a place where I just wanted different things in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, so I made space for it. I kind of blew up what I had to put it back together in a way that felt better for me. Did you, when you blew it up, did you know which direction you were going to go or was it a, 
I'm just going to blow this up and take some time and figure it out. <laughs> well, I think like anything, I've always approached things as like jump first and build your wings on the way down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best way to do things, but it's I've, worked for you. So it's worked far. for me. Yeah. And I, I'm also like, trust my gut. I, I was totally terrified. I mean, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for work? How, like, what are people going to think? Like all of the things. And then I realized that no one gave a shit and people were actually really kind and supportive. Um, and I, the first thing I did immediately was I booked travel and I got on a plane and went to Hawaii and then I went to Europe for five weeks. What, I just like, what got did you out. like best in Europe? What was your, um, what appealed to you most? Well, for that trip, uh, I went just to, overall, what, if, if someone were to ask you a, uh, a fellow baker, you know, who's got the same frame, frame of mind. Uh, where they should go in Europe? I mean, Spain is incredible. Um, France is incredible. Although I haven't been to France. That's like on my list. I mean, obviously for like hey, mecca of baked goods. Croissants for a euro. That's one of my favorite things. But yeah. Um, but I love Greece. I love the Mediterranean. That's like, I, if I could have a little something in Greece, that would be amazing. Oh, you may. So someday you'll have something Maybe. in Joseph and something yeah. in Greece. And, you know, they call Joseph Little Switzerland. I know. Not Greece, but it's... Well, and you know. I'm Swiss, so... Uh, oh. Yeah. I was so. going to try a little Ricola or something. <laughs> That's probably not the right... Ricola. Uh, was that Swiss? It, it, it is Swiss. That is Swiss. It Good. is Swiss. I, I grew up on those things. On the mark. I don't have to edit that out now because I don't want to look like an idiot. I, I, I have plenty of opportunities to look like an idiot. So, um, <laughs> so what... Um, what currently keeps you up at night? What's what scares you the most, and then what's making you the happiest? Um, wow, what scares me the most? I mean, I think our political situation is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to talk about politics too no, much. No, we because, don't. We keep it off of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can understand that though, and right. that's interesting. So. There's in just a way, lot of that's unknowns. a good thing for you. Yeah. Because you that's a global thing. And it's good that you're worrying about that. And we all do. I do. Sure. I really worry about that, too. But on the other hand, the first thing you didn't say was something personally that's really a problem for you that you have to No, I'm handle. actually... I think I'm that's really, good. That shows you're pretty content. I'm really content. I'm really happy. I um, When I sold my business, I sort of put out into the big old universe the things that I was looking for and what I wanted in my life and they have slowly but surely fallen into place so, so I, I believe so manifest of, destiny the, is a true thing your list of things that are making you content you probably already covered a few but uh, generally well, speaking I mean you find you know I found my love which mm-hmm, I exactly. didn't have space or time for before and so I found I found my person so what uh, what about your life is better now that you're doing it as uh, generally speaking as a couple as opposed to solo? I mean, I'm I totally f- was fine being a single woman, mm-hmm. in- independent, you know. There's nothing wrong with being single and independent. There's oh, a, there lot are a lot of advantages. Yeah, there's a lot of advantages. But there's also I was looking for, you know, I wanted to have a partnership too down the line. Um, having a business just made it hard to just have that space for that. And even just for like, even just not even like, just all personal relationships, 
you know, you're just like constantly on the hook, busy, something's going on. Just, you know, I missed a lot of birthdays and holidays and sacrifices I chose to make, which is fine. I'm and I'm grateful that I did that. I learned so much from it. I just didn't want to do that anymore. And so I just made a lot of space. I basically like cleared everything off the table and started over. I think that's really cool that you did that in your 30s. Well, it was, it was, yeah, it was in my late, so like 30, 38. I didn't ask your age and I'm not going to. But That's all right. Just, um, yeah, but a lot of people never figure that out, the balance. You well, know, our, I think they're something. just, it takes a lot of, I think just as much as, um, you know, when people get started and people ask me sometimes about, you know, I'm, I want to start a business. How do I get started? I'm like, well, that's a long fucking conversation. But uh, one bit of advice I always say is just as much as you're putting your business plan together to get started, you need to make sure that you also have an exit plan. I don't think people talk about that enough because there might be a time that comes where you're, you're done or life happens or whatever and you need to get out. And if you've thought about it, it's probably a little easier than if it slams you in the face. Yeah, it's brutal and, no matter what. Right. But, but at least if you thought about it, like, okay, this is what I thought about instead yeah. of, oh, it, it's just... Calculated t- steps exactly. to get there. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I think that's that's a hard thing for anybody. They get, they're afraid. And they're like, this is what I do. This is like what I'm known for. What else am I going to do? Like, how do you start over? And I've also realized... If you can start a business and do something, you can always reinvent yourself. And let that knowledge and that experience never goes away. If anything, it just makes you better. Um, the 17-year-old Kira, if she <laughs> oh was God. looking at you right now, did you, have, did you have this kind of thing in mind? What, what did you have planned? And what would you tell that 17-year-old Oh, I don't Kira? even know. Um, Sometimes I think I would have said to that 17-year-old Kira, like, go to college and, like, become a nurse or some kind of secure job that you're going to have a steady Is, income. And, and, but at 17, what were you thinking? Do you oh, I wasn't. You I was, like, I was not thinking about going to college. I was, like... Were you thinking about cooking at that point? I mean, I... I are you, are you texting something? No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to... <laughs> I tried... I was being rude before having my phone. I'm trying to turn the buzzing off. Dude, don't you... That's like, like rule number one before we I know, start. I know, I know. What's happening? Um, food has always been a part of my life. My Both my parents uh, immigrated from Europe, and so my dad was a butcher, and my mom was just an incredible home cook baker. And so literally every day when I came home from high school or from school, you know, I was met with a wall of like something baking out of the oven or, you know, every every dinner was home cooked. You know, we ate by candlelight. Like my mom really created this experience and the kitchen was always candlelight the candlelight every night. Yes. Wow. And I hated it as a kid. This would be the situation. It would be. Were you a rebellious kid? <laughs> Were you a tough, tough kid? I think it was fairly easy. I mean, I, I mean, I was probably like any other kid. Just 
Well, no, that ran, there's a what? range. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think when I was a teenager, I was a total shithead. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. that's what I was getting at. Or mom, sorry. Um, but no, I we we ate most nights by candlelight. Wow. Lionel Richie probably playing or some fuzzy 70s music in the background. And yeah. I think that's better than Dean Martin playing. A little yeah, line. hell yeah. yeah. I have got such a soft spot for Lionel Richie and all of all of the things. Um, but sh- she created an experience that I couldn't quite understand at that age. I think I even said to her one time, like, ah, can we just eat with the light on? Like, why? Why candles? And she looked at me and she said, one day You'll understand. you will understand. And Do you understand? Hell <laughs> no. yes. Hell yes. Okay. Yes. And if I had kids, I would do the same. Absolutely. And I think then at the end of all your cooking classes, you need to turn off the lights. Oh, the lights, the lights candles. are, the lights are generally kind of dim and we've got some good jams playing. I make it really cozy. I mean, it's all about the whole environment, the feel. So there, there it's a throwback to your childhood. Then. I you, think everything maybe that conscious I, or unconscious it is. I think everything that I do, the reason that I cook and that I bake is to honor my mom and keep her memory alive. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've done a great job at that. Well, thank you. I mean, it makes me happy to feed people. I feel like most people who are cooking, they cook for a reason. This is like deep embedded, their grandmother, their auntie, their mother, somebody made an impact and they realized like the power of food and food is love and that connection and how you can share it with people. And so for me, it's when you feed people or when they say, this reminds me of something my grandmother used to make, my mom used to make, and you can take some, transport someone back to a memory. I don't, that's like, there's no greater compliment than that to me. Do you have, uh, do you relate? I have your cookbook, but I have to, and I, I think I've made one thing from it, which is not <laughs> any different than any <laughs> other cookbook fine, that that's I have. That's totally fine. Uh, and I gave it to my son and said, here, you go with it. Cause I'd like to come into the kitchen sometime and smell it. Uh, so do you relate? Um, some of your recipes to a time in your life? Is there that kind of editorial that you did in your cookbook? I think the the recipes in my cookbook are a mix of like fuzzy nostalgia from my mom mm-hmm. um, and also um, an impact from one of my very first baking jobs, uh, my pastry chef, Della Gossett, and it was at Trio Restaurant in Evanston, Illinois. A lot of incredible chefs have come from that restaurant um throughout the years and i think that particular job i was in culinary school i don't know what the hell i was doing and my roommate was a a runner there at trio she got me a stage to work with della for the day and you know that's like where when we had to wear like the big old toque hats Mm -hmm. just like ridiculous four-star fine dining um so I did the stage, and then a couple weeks later, Della called me. Any pictures of you with that hat? I have one. Fo- I have one photo. I think, and I'm, I don't have it on me. No, <laughs> but yes, I do have one photo um, S- wearing send us the that. giant. Maybe we'll use it for the thumbnail. Hell for the, no, uh, that one's buried deep <laughs> in the ether. Um, I hated those fucking tokes. Anybody who's had to wear them, they just oh, they're a pain. But um, that restaurant made a huge impact on me and just like 
um, the level of, of care, the food, the quality of food, just everything. And Della is just a, she's still an incredible pastry chef. She's a um, pastry chef at Spago in Beverly Hills. Um, but her impact of um, her creativity, the way she built desserts, her flavors, textures, like I took that with me. So was that was uh, obviously your mom had some impact, but in the kitchen with Della, is that maybe when you thought this is really what I want to do and I want to do it as well as she, you know, as I want to use her as a model? Yeah, I mean, they're both, I mean, yes, both of them have brought, you know, and I think um, I, I love desserts. I can appreciate a dessert at a fine dining restaurant um, and the thought that goes into it, but I think the things that really speak to me are like the homey, rustic, simple desserts, not super fussy. So when you go out, what impresses you most, desserts or just a fabulous meal, savory dishes? Well, I mean, I think I I always try to get dessert if I can um, because I think that's the finale to any meal. And what's a bummer to me is when you go out and have an incredible dinner amazing one shit sorry well you're the first one i have to tell you you follow a recipe double shit you're the first one who's really cared and not not so much cared but stopped yourself stop yourself mid-word how about that it's fine i'm gonna give up anyways incredible meal fantastic wines the service is impeccable and then you order the dessert and it's like the biggest letdown after saw it like you know, some disgruntled line cook put that shit together mm-hmm. and didn't care about it at all. And that pisses me off because it's unfair. Do you see that a lot around here? Um, I, I, I do see it. And then I see people who really bring it. And Who's they really do... bringing it now that you might... Oh, man. Think... And a little disclaimer for you sure. is that you can't mention everybody. So something that some a dessert or a person who's really killing it that comes to mind. I can mention it or I can't? No, I'm just giving you a disclaimer to anybody listening. Oh. You can't mention everybody. So. No, no, I'm not going to mention everybody, of course. <laughs> um, actually, the desserts at Ox are really are they fantastic. Yeah, they're solid. Mm-hmm. They do a really great job. I love their desserts. I was just there recently. Um, Nora, who I should mention, she's teaching the... Um, Nora Mace from Tusk and mm-hmm. Ava Jeans. She's teaching the strawberry class with me. Oh, nice. So on the 22nd. It's the 22nd. And June by the way, 22nd. since we didn't mention it, where do people get tickets for that? You can um, go on to my Instagram account. And it's just the link is right on my bio. Um, and it'll take you directly there. Or you can just visit Cook Shop. And your Instagram is? Kier Jensen. Kier Jensen. One Pretty word, easy. yeah. Okay. Um, but so Nora and I have been wanting to team up for a while. And so, um, oh, that's a powerhouse. Yeah, she's awesome. And Nora you. is, yeah, I mean, she's definitely somebody I respect in town. She knows how to, to put a proper dessert together. I think a lot of people think that. Yeah. You're, you're, that's not a, yeah, that's she's, thought, well she's really thoughtful. And that's what I appreciate. It's just enough. It's mm-hmm. not overdoing it, not terribly fussy. Um, she has that's hits been the one, of my, one of my things. If you're do if I'm doing a crawl, yeah, tusk for dessert. Yes. Right. So now I want to go in and get some of that strawberry soft serve that I keep seeing in post. Well, you can. <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to get over so, there. So, and uh, I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, um, 
when you opened uh, the Sugar Cube in Alberta. That was about the same time that Kristen opened Maurice. Yeah, we opened literally like pretty much neck week. and neck. Yep. Something like that. Yep. Um, have you two ever collaborated on anything? Because that would be pretty incredible. Yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, Kristen's a dear friend of mine. Yes. And we've, I think, we've, we always, we talk about trying to do something. It's hard. I mean, she's super busy. I mean, she's, uh, we haven't she's, been able to get her on this podcast on a Monday when we usually she's, record. She's a busy woman and she's running that show. She's got shit to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hold Kristen in high regard as far as people um, and their talents. I mean, she really knows what she's doing. She's very thoughtful in, in her cooking and her desserts. Clearly, people go to Maurice as like a mecca yeah. for a reason. You know, and what it, it impressed me when you were both opening at the same time, having come from the East Coast, and I've always felt this about Portland. You two were so supportive of each other. Yeah. When you were opening, you know, similar, not similar, but businesses at the same time, right. two well-known pastry chefs. Um, that was very cool. Yeah, and, I mean, I don't have, like, I don't think I'm terribly competitive. competitive. Like, I don't really feel the need to compete with people and everybody's got their own distinct talents and their own little spins on things and and they're all appreciated i i think um although kristen and i have similarities we're also vastly different in how we mm-hmm. do things and that's what Very makes her unique yeah it makes her unique in her way makes me unique in in my way i have one for you and i usually don't do this but since she was just on the podcast i'll do a little self-promoting for a recent episode get out to if you haven't restaurant beck or sorella k tustin who used to be at irving street kitchen okay she's doing some incredible i thought we had uh deserted sorella once that uh recently that we thought was the best thing best dessert we'd had in a long time what was it I knew you were going to ask me. Well, yeah, you can't I say. Know, like, I know, I know. And then so you don't remember, like, you I talk how terrible, awesome it is, and then you... I have such a terrible memory when it comes to food things, but I remember... Here's how bad <laughs> my memory is. I remember saying, this is delicious, incredible. So it was delicious. It. Oh, it was a chocolate. It was a, it was a chocolate. I'm going to look it up while you're... I'm going to hold you I'll get it. you going in another direction, or let's get you going in another I mean, direction. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, creative, uh, super talented bakers and pastry chefs in this town and it's definitely i've seen a lot of new people coming through and that's awesome to see anybody that. in particular well i think nora is a i would say is a good example of sort of young coming up i mean but she's been around for a while so i mean she's definitely proven herself mm-hmm. um in the industry and there's lots of people um Oh, that's all right. I don't want to yeah, put you on the spot with that. My brain. I just thought maybe you'd had something recently that was. Uh, you know, um, killer. I mean, also the farmers markets are really great with bakers coming up. Um, are you spending a lot of time in farmers markets? I just actually still? yesterday, as an example, I went to the King Farmers Market. Um, that's over in our neighborhood. It's every Sunday. Um wildflower baking and i had a sourdough croissant that was super delicious loved it uh that sounds great you know who i the uh the whole wheat croissant at baker and spice is incredible yeah and there's this there it it was also i believe whole wheat um i mean on the on the 
another example of somebody that I truly admire in town is Sarah Minnick. <laughs> Lonnie and I eat pizza like at least once or twice a week at oh, Lovelies. But everything that sh- that woman does is solid, mm-hmm. well thought out. It's like grandma food. And I don't think she I've ever had it. better salads. Her salads are so delicious. Right. I mean, like the. F- I mean, good. she's just got like the farmers. Don't ask me her. what the salad was. I'm not going to ask you. No, I know. Just, I know. I'm all still this, looking. I know all the salads because I always order. And her pasta game is on point. I'm trying People, to look through If you this. haven't had her pasta, eat her pasta. Um, I don't think I've had her pasta. I've yeah, had her you pizza. get the pasta and then you save the dish afterwards and then you dip your crust in that like brown oh, in the butter sauce. dippy do. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's that's the pro. And then she does some great ice cream too. Her ice creams are amazing. Afterwards. All right, I'm not finding this. I can't identify the time. I'm sorry. I feel stupid because I knew when I was That's asking okay. the question, it was probably going to come up that I need to know back, what it was. I'll go check, or Sorella. The, the dessert we actually had was at Sorella. And actually, I'll tell you the truth. I think if we, um, if anybody wants to listen to the podcast, which is like two or three episodes ago, we, I, I remember then. This is how bad my memory is. Oh, it's I okay. Have a, I have a bad food memory. I can only, rem- there are certain things I only remember for a long period of time and then after about a month everything just kind of it was i just remember whether i liked right. what i had or not but um well and if you eat out a lot then i kind of do i'm a creature of habit so we have our our handful of places that we always go and to. and so what are those nice segue what are those well, <laughs> <laughs> well i mean lovely is clearly uh we we walk there mm-hmm. so um definitely Lovelies, uh, Luce. I love Luce. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Luce. There's what's not. Karen Pride just told me that the other day. She was on. So she Luce. lives nearby. To right. Luce, she loves so. it, and she's a regular there. Yeah. I used to be a regular at Navarra years ago. Navarra's is also always amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like Luce. We get like the half orders of pasta and the salads. I have to go back there. I haven't been in a long the focaccia. time. So good. So, you, so pizza, you mentioned, is it just Lovelies that you keep going for? No, I mean, you there's... you go around and have pizza uh, all over town? Yeah, I've had pizza all over town. I just think Lovelies is, for me, Is Lovelies is number one? Because people always say, what are the best pizza places? I think Lovelies is number one. Lovelies is, and that's... Not, that, that's she knows what she's doing. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice. And there's like no pretension to anything that she does. It's just fucking delicious. That's fantastic. Um... How about uh, just one other pizza place? I don't like to lead and ask how it was because you never know what you're going to get. A Ken's us. Pizza is always oh, okay, good. That's what, delicious. That's always been one of my favorites. Yes. Haven't had it in good. a while, but delicious. Well, you can go to Checkerboard. Dove it's Vivi. not the same. Also, Dove, I yeah. love Dove Vivi. So if you like Dove Vivi, you know what you might... I went to the Star last night, which just opened in the old Paragon okay. space. All right. And I was sitting next to people. It's supposed to be Chicago style. I was sitting next to people from Chicago. We're Chicagoan. I do not like deep dish pizza. Right. Okay. So (laughs) I was sitting next to two ladies who were from Chicago and I said, how is this for you? And they said, well, it's not, it's not real Chicago style pizza. And I thought about it and I thought, you know, but is it delicious? And they said, yeah, it's good. And I said, I think it's great. And I'm not basing it whether on whether it's Chicago style or not. I was basing it on, do I like it? Right. And it's not too thick for me, yeah. cornmeal crust. But it's the same thing with the pizza shoals. You know, I don't, that to me is not New Haven style. Everybody right. puts that on it. 
Right. And if you judge it against New Haven style, then you're going to be... Right. Is this... But a Pizza Shoals is also... It's awesome unto itself, but don't yeah. put that label right. of New Haven style on it because it isn't. Right. It does, it's close, but it's not... When you go to New Haven... There's lots of good pizza in this town. Yeah, right now we're there like, is. We're saturated. Tommy's Clam Jam at it's Pizza a, I've Jerk had it. is it's awesome. It's delicious. Yeah. And that's that super thin crust. I love that. I can remember that because I just had it Friday. Yeah, no, it so. <laughs> is also delicious. It's, it's really like good. dirty, nasty, delicious. Yeah, and he puts the right, there's the right amount of oil on that because a white clam should have yeah, a little, of course. Oil, should be pretty oily. It's great. Great, fantastic. So I, anything else you have coming up that you want to mention that you're doing personally or business-wise? You know what? Right now, it's just the teaching the classes. And, and where do you want to go after for that? Just che- teach classes? I, can, for now, yeah. Can you sustain yeah. yourself th- teaching classes? Sure. I, yeah. I mean, why not? I think that that's always a funny question when you're like, what's the next big thing? Well, there and will I'm be like, with you because you're not going to. You've demonstrated that you don't sit pat at any one thing for a long period of time. I just, I'm, I think. It's not a negative. No, no, no. I, I think, I think there's just like an evolution. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to evolve. Um, and I'm a person that wants to keep trying and pushing new things. I think the um, teaching classes right now is is where it's at for me. I have no idea what's going to be in the future, but I'm getting so much from it. It's rewarding to me. I love the students, um, and I look forward to teaching more classes. So I would just say, s- stay tuned to more posts on classes, upcoming classes, which I've got some planned. Should be putting them out soon. And how experienced a baker does someone need to be? You don't have to, to have any experience. None. Just come with an like open come, mind. Come as a open heart, open who, mind. Either a shitty baker or someone who's never. Nobody's really shitty. It. I just think it's sometimes like oh, there's people, some people are. My mother was a shitty baker. <laughs> I think <laughs> That's if you're why taught I said it, I basic, was thinking of her. baseless. This like we were talking about before, just even like altering with baking, like oh, you know, with it with baking, it's super scientific, and you can't. Mess think mess around with things. That's not true. I think it's once you get comfortable right. and you learn how like the structure of a recipe goes, then you learn where you can edit and change things. Clearly, if you take out all of the leavening, then yeah, your cake's not well, gonna rise. Yeah, my mom couldn't count, so that was the problem. She'd get the wrong count. On she was probably things. busy running around doing twenty million things, like most moms oh, do. Thank you on her and behalf she, for defending her. Uh, maybe I don't know. My mom posthumously. I mean, my mom, like, she blew my mind all the time, and that made an impact for me. And I, I, I feel like I got whatever gift that was, I got it, and I'm very grateful for that. I love feeding people. It really brings me a lot of joy. Um, and I like teaching people. I, I like sharing the knowledge I have and encouraging people to try something different. And I love when I get... Um, messages from my students where they like should take a photo of what they baked and they send it to me and they're like look it came out and that's super rewarding oh sure so i think for now look the classes is where it's at who knows you seem and not that i i you and i haven't had a lot of interaction over the years you seem very relaxed to me and it's really pleasing thank you so, i feel i feel good yeah. i mean but you know what i had to do a lot of work to get there right it I, was and hard and the, i would say the last few years has been a lot of unraveling i think i'm i had some ptsd from being a business owner and i had to really just like 
But, Chill out for a second. And you know, the reason I say that is because every time we've talked, it's been somewhere and you've been probably in a rush. Yeah. And that's what it's like for a lot of business the, owners. And, we have to have this podcast so we can sit down and have a conversation. It's it's a beautiful thing. I think most people want to be able to sit down and and you know take the time, but they're busy Isn't running around. Isn't that what eating is all about? That's yes. the irony is that yeah, and that's it's how I all grew about up. enjoying exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what you cite, and then you end up be, becoming a professional, and it's not about. And it's then not it's like, like that. you got to go all the time, right? And so. you know what? There are people who do it really well, and they find the balance. And thank goodness for those people that right. can continue and well, it takes share maturity their good food. And experience yeah, and it do, takes time. And they they had to learn all the hard things too. They figured out how to make it work. And you can't see one of the problems now is, from what I hear, I'm not there, but some of the younger people coming out of culinary school, they want they just want it easy and to relax right off the bat. You don't get that right that's off the bat. No way. There's that doesn't exist. Right. You know, or if you think you're going to go to culinary school, uh, save your money. Don't go to culinary school. Find a mentor. Find somebody who inspires you. Travel. Eat everything. You know, work under somebody who you think is the cat's meow and learn from them. Like, hands-on experience is how you grow as a chef. Um, And they try to jam so much information into you in culinary school in such a short amount of time. And then, you know, people leave thinking they're going to land some kind of chef position. It's like, or dude, right you're going to be peeling potatoes. Get right on and, chopped the second Yeah, second or whatever. Month. But I mean, every position in a kitchen is a humble, respectable position. I think, honestly, anybody who has kids, like, make them work a kitchen job. Make, wash dishes, serve, serve people. Have you seen, you, you know, Eric Finley? used to be around at uh, Chop. Yeah. And the farmer's market. Yeah. He's washing dishes in Bentonville, Arkansas now, and he's, pr- he's happy and proud of it. A really nice yeah. restaurant. And that's so totally that goes fine. To what you just There's said. like, so, yeah, because we don't give credit to those people. It's like that, like the kitchen functions it all, because it needs of everybody. that. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's honorable work. Uh, it's not a lesser than position. Um, and any chef has a lot of respect, hopefully, for their dishwashers. I mean, every every position, no matter oh, what I it is, you learn. Because they know when that person's not there, everything kind of... Everything fucking falls apart. <laughs> exactly. It so. sucks. I wish, I hope that everybody listened to the end of this, right to the end of this podcast to hear you say that, because I think there was some really good advice for just in, in life travel and do those th- sorts of things travel and, live your life and right. do what you love to do and when it doesn't feel good anymore fucking change it and right. that's okay and no one's gonna judge you for that and if they do fuck them move on there you like, go you gotta just live your life the way you want it to be so that's all i'm doing i'm no different i'm not special in any way i just had to make choices. oh you are special oh. you've, made, you've made some good you've made some good choices I've learned. I have to do a lot of stumbling. And you'll continue to make some, to stumble a couple more, sure. a few more times. I mean, and, that's life. Life yeah, exactly. is about getting smacked upside the head. It's whether or not you learn from right. it. Hopefully, you learn and you grow and you be better. Well, I'm glad to have the opportunity to sit down and have you seem very relaxed and content. And I hope you enjoyed this. I did. Out. Thank you. It was so great. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. And sign up for some baking classes, people. I'd love to see you in there. 
Give it a shot. I will. Take I was, a risk. I was thinking of my girlfriend. I think she would love it. So. Please come. I might, but I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna bake that much. I'm. I have That's to stay okay. away. You from know what? I get students too. that uh, that are like, uh, I got this as a gift certificate or whatever. They still enjoy themselves. They still yeah, learn something. It's a fun thing. You meet new people. Right. There's nothing. There's only positive. It's like going out to eat. Only interactive. Yeah, I mean, it's what's wrong. Like, there's always value in learning something new. Good. Well, yeah. thanks. Yeah. I learned a few new things. Yeah. Today. Awesome. Good. Thanks for coming. Thank you. And good luck with Thank your you. uh, wedding planning and, Thank and life. Thank you. We'll I'm see very you lucky. Before that, before, you know, somewhere in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel I'm, I'm very excited about the future. Good. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.